This is episode 428 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Planning Your Escape, Considerations for Bugging Out. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, before we get started, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. If you'd like to get some more information on the ebook or the audiobook, click the link in the show notes or come on over to ThePrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, I also want to let you know, if you are listening to this podcast on Thursday, uh, this evening at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, we are going to be doing an interview with Gay Levy of strategiclivingblog.com. Now, Gay used to be the owner of Backdoor Survival. We read a lot of articles from Backdoor Survival, uh, but she retired and is taking the, actually, she. it looks like she's busier than ever because she's just having a great time in her retirement, but she continues to blog uh, not as often as over at Backdoor Survival, but she continues to blog over at strate- strategiclivingblog.com and uh, is still very, very invested in talking about and uses essential oils. Uh, she believes that essential oils are very beneficial for preppers. And so we are going to be talking about that on the interview this evening. And so if you are listening to, again, this podcast on Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon, maybe on your way home from work, then you have that a chance to go ahead and catch it on Facebook. And so that will be over at the Facebook page. I have created a link or an event where I am dropping information. There are posts over there that I am just keeping people uh, you know, informed of what's going on. I'm uh, sharing some blog posts, some of Gay's favorite blog posts and, and things where she believes are, you know, provide a lot of value. And so I am sharing those over at the event that I've created. And so I have a link over there so that you can click on that and go straight over to that link and uh, be able to let me know that you're going and uh, or not. And so I'll let you know that if you are listening to this podcast and it is Thursday morning and uh, uh, later than, let's say, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, there's also going to be a little gift for you over there at the uh, at, at the event page. And so you might want to go check that one out. Those of you that ha- are on my email list, you'll be uh, informed as well. I'll be sending you an email. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, it's just a, a little gift that uh, I want to share with you, something that Gay uh, is sharing with you as well. All right. So again, that's going to be uh, Thursday night uh, or this evening, if you're listening to this podcast on Thursday, October 18th at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Gay is going to be talking about essential oils for now and when the SHTF. So I hope that you can join us. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our article of this podcast. It comes to us from timgamble.com. Again, that's timgamble.com. And the article is entitled, Planning Your Escape, Considerations for Bugging Out. Now, as I read this one, I'm definitely going to want to stop and give a little bit of commentary on some of these points that Tim is making. 
Um, there's about seven points here and uh, things to consider. So let's go ahead and start. Most people's plan A should be to bug in or hunker down during an emergency, but things may become dangerous in your area, like wildfires, power plant accidents, rioters and looters, government actions, etc. So plan now for your possible escape should it become necessary. When will you bug out? Where will you go? How will you get there? What happens if your primary path is blocked? And do you know alternative routes? And then finally, what should you take with you? So here are some considerations for planning your escape. Number one, know when to bug out. This is probably the hardest part of your planning. The best advice for most people in most situations is to stay put as long as possible. Hunker down where you are unless and until it becomes too dangerous to do so. You don't want to face the open road during a highly chaotic and dangerous time unless you absolutely have to leave for your own safety. So to put it in simple terms, bug out when doing so is less dangerous than staying where you are. But how to know when that is? How do you strike the balance between leaving too early and leaving too late? The key is applying situational awareness and the OODA loop to the developing situation. And guys, there's a link there for you that you can go check out. Pay attention to what's happening, not just on the national level, but especially what's happening on the local level. Local news and talk radio will be more useful to monitor during a crisis than national broadcast and cable news channels. Having the ability to monitor local police and emergency dispatch will also be very useful. Check out Broadcastify, and there's a link for that, for a way to monitor local dispatch via the internet. Other apps and websites are available. You can also get a handheld or desktop radio scanner for when the internet is out. Use common sense and rational thinking. Don't be overly emotional to analyze what is going on in your area. The goal is to bug out when things are obviously going south, but haven't yet spiraled completely out of control. But what if my plan A is to bug out? Okay, I get it. Many people feel they have to or want to live in a big city or other unsuitable location for riding out Tiatwaki. If your plan A is bugging out, then do so as early as possible to avoid the traffic jams, limited fuel supplies, and chaos of the last minute escape. In your case, it is better to bug out too early than to bug out too late. You can always return home after you realize it wasn't SHTF after all. Okay, so let's talk about this one just a little bit here. Um, you know, the idea of bugging in, staying, you know, hunkered down is, you know, that should be plan A, kind of like what Tim was saying here. That should be the goal for most people. Unless you have, unless you're already at your bug out location, right? You know, maybe you live out in the country and you, you, uh, people have told me that before in the past, like in comments and in emails, Hey, I live at my bug out location. It's, it's, you know, it's my retreat or whatever. I, I live out in the country. Okay. That's great. We're not talking about you. I mean, you're, you feel a little bit more comfortable there. We're, we're definitely not talking about you. We're talking about people that live in the city, maybe in the suburbs where things can get a little crazy and you, you know, you feel like you're going to bug in. And that's probably the best choice uh, for anything that's going down. And for, you know, if you think about it, 
really, you know, the wildfires like he was talking about here, or even looters. Looters, a lot of the times, I know that we've read a, uh, there was an article way, way, way back at the very beginning of Prepper Website Podcast, where I was reading an account of looters during the Ferguson riots, and they did bail, like they did leave, but it was, you know, if you remember, the Ferguson riots would spiral up at night. And so in the morning time, they decided, and they'd stayed there a couple of nights, and then they decided to go ahead and, and bug out to a friend's house when it was, you know, early morning when, when people were like back, you know, in their homes and, and things had calmed down a little bit. And that's probably the thing that you would have to do is you'd really have to stay up to date on what is going on. And so I like the idea here of Broadcastify. I like the idea of, you know, listening to the local talk radio. You're going to get a lot of information. A lot of local talk radio is going to be more conservative, I guess. And uh, so you'll you'll be hearing probably more along those lines of, hey, people be safe or be careful or or whatever. Not, not that you would hear you wouldn't hear that on other radio stations, but I just think that on the talk radio, usually it's more conservative and and people are going to be uh, just, you know, giving giving out, I think I, that's just my opinion, giving out more information and talking more about what's happening and what's going down and the possible ramifications and, and all that kind of stuff. One of the things you can do is we, we talk about the Baofengs, the really cheap, like $50 ham radio, whatever. You can program those to your local uh, police stations, right? And so it's pretty easy. There is software called Chirp, and you can get a, uh, uh, there is a cable that you can buy from Amazon, and you can download. Uh, Chirp is free, but then you put in the uh, the actual codes or the frequencies, and then you can download it to your ham radio. So it's a little bit more, uh, you know, extensive than that. Um, those are just really easy directions there. Um, but I have done it, so you can do it, and you can put all the local agencies in one area uh, or on one, you know, one ham radio. So you're able to go ahead and dial into the local police, the local fire department, the EMS, and all that kind of stuff. So you you know what's going on. There's also those. Um, you have you know regular scanners that you can use, but a lot of the times those are just you know it's just a one way communication. You're just going to hear what's going on uh, with the Balfong. You'll be able to broadcast out if you have a ham radio license and all that kind of stuff. But you know whatever um, you know you should use your head and the situational awareness. You need to be smart. You don't need to be freaking out. But if you find yourself in a, in a time where you need to leave. You need to go ahead and make that choice and you need to commit to it and move. And then all these other things that we're going to talk about play play a part in that, um, in that bugging out so that you are able to get where you need to get to and you keep yourself and your family safe because that is the most important thing that you, you're bugging out because you don't feel safe. And that is the most important thing for you and your family to get out safe. So let's go ahead and continue on. Number two is plan a bug out location. Obviously, the best bug out location is one which you already own and have developed for your needs. But for most of us, that is difficult to do. The next best choice is probably a friend or relative's place. Maybe your Uncle George has a fishing cabin in the mountains or great Aunt Ida lives alone in that huge old house on the outskirts of a small town in the Ozarks. Or cousin Eddie has a small farm in Kentucky. 
It wasn't Cousin Eddie, the name of the guy in Vacation, right? Cousin Eddie, I think. <laughs> Talk to them about using their place as a bug out location. You could even stockpile some food, clothes, and other supplies there ahead of time. You don't even have to move into the house with them. Perhaps you could park a camper or RV in the driveway or backyard. Other potential bug out locations include national or state parks, church retreats, and for-profit campgrounds. So just if you are bugging out, so just a little commentary here. If you are bugging out and you are going to, uh, you're not going to a family member's house or whatever, you got to just remember that going somewhere like a, a campground or national park or whatever, that adds a whole other layer of stuff to it. And so you're going to have to, you know, take along uh, camping gear, food, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. If it's, uh, you know, winter time, that's going to add a whole other layer to that. And, uh, you know, if there's a situation that is nationwide, then you got to be careful about that as well. So, you know, this is another thing to think about when you're planning your bug out. If you if you are having to bug out, uh, you need to be thinking about this. All right. So number three is know how to get to your bug out location. This means knowing how to get there using at least two different routes in case one is blocked for some reason without using GPS or Google Maps. Practice driving all routes before you need to bug out for real. Keep directions, maps, and a road atlas in your vehicle. You should also learn the potential hotspots in your local area and along the routes to your bug out locations. By hotspots, I mean areas that are more likely than others to be dangerous. Examples include heavily urban areas and college campuses which will likely see looting and or rioting early on. Bad neighborhoods, already dangerous, high crime areas, will only be worse during SHTF. Areas with a heavy Muslim population or near mosques will be dangerous for non-Muslims. Forgive my political incorrectness. Busy intersections and areas where traffic already snarls during normal rush hours will likely be impassable during SHTF. Road construction is another potential hotspot as one or more lanes may be blocked by equipment and material. So guys, yeah, you do want to have a couple of routes, you know, out of the city, out of your area to be able to get to the, uh, you know, to your bug out location. And sometimes that means going the long way is the better way. And so you just want to keep that in mind as well. And if you can drive it, you know, if you can, uh, you know, drive it at least till you get out of the city limits, if that is, you know, possible, maybe you take a, a Sunday afternoon drive and you're just, you know, driving and, and uh, you know, enjoying the, the drive or whatever. But you, you want to have a good idea of where you would be going. And uh, I don't know, like in a place like like in Houston, Roads are changing all the time. There are some times where I will go to a part of the city that I haven't been to in a couple of years. And oh my gosh, it's changed so much. I don't recognize it. And so you just want to stay up to date on where, you know, where your routes are and, and the locations for getting out of your area if you have to. All right. Number four is make sure your vehicle is in good shape and fueled up. Your bug out plans will fail if your vehicle breaks down or if you run out of gas. Keep your oil changed on a regular basis and quickly make any necessary repair. Make sure your tires, including spares, are in good shape. Check out my article, Prepper's Auto Maintenance Schedule, for more on this topic. Number five is put together a small emergency kit for your vehicle. 
Include things to keep your vehicle running, like extra oil, transmission fluid, jumper cables, fix-a-flat, etc. Include a good flashlight with extra batteries. If you can do basic auto repairs, a great skill to learn, keep some useful tools and spare parts in the vehicle. Also, include things you might need in an emergency, a first aid kit, a warm blanket, bottles of water, power bars, or other food, etc., Now, I know that I've talked about that extensively. In a place like Houston, you can't leave food in your vehicle for very long. It'll go bad, uh, you know, very, very quickly. But having some, you know, having a tote or having uh, a bag with some of these supplies is a very smart thing. You know, at some point, I got to do an article on just what I have underneath my seat in in my truck because there are some things that I just that are are there that would be helpful for uh, for me if I ever got into a into a situation and so uh, you know that might help some people out there all right so number six have a bug out or evacuation bag already packed for each member of your family now include a change of clothes some food water personal hygiene supplies individual first aid kit a compact new testament or prayer book flashlight extra batteries emergency ponchos whistle in each bag Adults and teens should have additional items such as a knife, multi-tooled, matches, lighters, duct tapes, outdoor survival gear, sewing kits, etc. In the bags of children, be sure to include written information such as names and age of the child, family contact information, and list of any allergies, medications, and health conditions should the child become separated from the rest of the family. Also include a favorite toy, coloring books, crayons, and or a few other distractions for the kids. In your bag, be sure to include copies of insurance policies, deeds, birth certificates, vaccination records, medical records, bank numbers, passports, and other personal records, ideally in a small notebook or envelope, and possibly on a USB stick or other digital storage. All right, so this is the bug out bag, right? The one that we always talk about. A lot of people in the preparedness community talk talk about bug out bags are the big thing. And so you want to make sure that your bug out bag is what you would need, right? And so it has yours. It's, it's customizable or personal to you. You're just not throwing a bunch of stuff in there that you got off of a list off the internet. Uh, you want to make sure that you, uh, you know, it it's, meets your needs, right? So you can start from a list off the internet or an article or something like that to get you some ideas, but definitely personalize it. And then personalize it for every person in your home, uh, whatever, who, whomever you have. And uh, you know you just really need to go with that. If you are not going to be walking, uh, you know, you, you need to be, you need to consider that, you know, uh, a lot of the times the bug out bags, people think that, man, Hey, we're going to put this pack on us that weighs 40 pounds and we're going to trek out of here, you know, for days or whatever. And a lot of the times that's just really unrealistic when you are bugging out. Most people are, are in their minds, they're bugging out with their vehicles. And so, yeah, you want to be able to strap it on if you have to. But for the most part, you know, you need to be realistic. And if you are considering put it, putting it on you and you want that option, that if whatever reason your vehicle breaks down and you need to continue on foot, you need to make sure that you can carry it. You don't want to load it down with 40 pounds of stuff and then realize that you can't go even a mile down the road without it killing you. And then you wind up throwing out all the contents and you just wind up going alone. 
you know, there's one, there's that one saying that uh, there'll be plenty of gear out in the woods because everybody's bug out bags. Everybody will just be dropping all kinds of gear out there, you know, and it's that just that that mentality goes along with that. So be thinking about that. Um, I do want to stay here, state here that uh, the very end part here is very important that Tim was talking about when you bug out, you want important uh, documents with you. And that's why you want to have an emergency binder. I know that we've talked about that before in the past. I've done a video on that. We've talked about that. Emergency binders are pretty important where you have all your documents in, in one area, one place. And so hopefully that would go with you when you bug out. You need to remember to grab that. That should be in your bug out bag. And then, of course, Tim was saying here, if you can take those those documents and put them on somehow in a digital, you have a scanner or even a phone where you can scan those in and put them all in a USB, that would be beneficial as well. You know, a lot of the times when you're making an emergency binder, if you're making copies for one, it's just as easy to make copies for three. You have three binders. You'll have one binder that you keep, one binder that you can send to a family member, maybe even, you know, if you're bugging out to a family member's residence, you can send it to them and just say, hey, will you protect this? Will you put this up in a closet somewhere for me in case we ever needed it? You could put one in a uh, another family member's, uh, you know, home or you can you know put it in a safety deposit box if you feel comfortable doing that. If the end of the world for you is not, you know, the banks are, are not going to allow you to get your stuff out or whatever. But anyway, I mean, you can make multiple copies in that way. Uh, if you're bugging out because of a fire and you lose everything, you don't lose all those important documents. And so that is a, a big, big deal. Think about dealing with all the insurance companies, dealing with, you know, trying to get your house, uh, you know, money for your house and inspections for your house and all that type of stuff. On top of that, having to get all the other documents that you need, you know, uh, marriage license, you know, diplomas and, and medical records and all that kind of stuff is just, you know, deeds to your house and all that kind of stuff is just smart to have copies of that already. It just makes life a little bit easier. All right. Number seven is decide what to pack. You may only have time to grab your bug out bag and go, but should you have more time to pack your vehicle, decide beforehand what you want to take with you. Possibilities include extra food, water, and clothes, cleaning and hygiene supplies, tools like hand and or gardening, reference books, camping gear, and even sentimental items such as family photos and heirlooms. Thinking about where you will bug out to will help you determine what extra items you should take if there is time. All right, so that is, again, one of the things, you know, you are keeping abreast of all the situations that are going down and you should have a little bit of time because you are paying attention. We always talk about that. I end the podcast every episode with stay prepped and aware. That is very important. If we live our lives that are just, Man, we, we live in this tunnel vision. Um, that's not good. You know, you wind up getting caught realizing like, hey, this stuff is going down and, and, and you're, you know, um, three steps behind and you don't want to be in that situation. I'm not talking about staying in fear or anything like that. But do you put some things in place 
where you can get information, right? And so maybe if you subscribe to some alerts in your local area, a lot of the news channels will do news alerts. I know one of my coworkers gets news alerts all the time. And so she's always, she always knows what's going on from, at least from the local news perspective. Um, I like to follow Twitter for like global, you know, national type stuff. You, you hear about things very, very quickly there. And so just, you know, are there some things that you can put in place where you can hear about things that are going on? And of course, if you have your pulse on what is happening in the world, what is happening on the local scene, you'll be even more when you start hearing maybe uh, a certain part of town is starting to get restless and maybe they're starting to, uh, you know, people are starting to get more violent there or, you know, news channels are going there every evening because there's talk about riots or whatever. Well, then, you know, you're going to be on a heightened state of alert, not only paying attention to that, but also the whole city. You know, like, hey, is this something that I need to be really focused on and paying attention to? And you just want to clue in on that, right? So you want to uh, make sure that, again, you're not living in fear fear and you're not, you know, freaking out all the time, staying at this high stress level all the time, but you are putting things in place where you can stay aware of what is going on in your local area and in the world. And so that's just a smart thing to do. Well, guys, that's over at timgamble.com. As always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. There were some links in the article that you can bounce off of, and you can go read some of Tim's other articles on that for more information on uh, helping you with this topic with, of bugging out if you have to. All right. So that is it for episode 428. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to the Prepper website podcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. Hey, and take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.